What's good, guys? Happy Thursday. I had the opportunity to connect with Coach Adam Short, who is a brother from the Northwest Indiana community. In this episode, Coach Short gave us some insight about who he is and his journey leading up to where he is today. We also discussed the JUCO life grind, my personal experience going through the JUCO grind when I was at Chipola College, life during this pandemic, and recapping MJ documentary. Really dope episode, you guys, and be sure to check out the visual of this conversation on YouTube under my YouTube channel, Dewan Marrero. The link will be in the episode description. Hope you all enjoy this episode. Coach Adam Short, finally got you on the DM pod. How's life, bro? Life is good, man. Life is good, man. Thank you for having me on, man. Like I love it because every time I listen to you, man, I get a little taste of home. You know, oh, when I ain't been that's, home. That's the flavor. That's the flavor yeah. I'm trying to trying to bring. And luckily for social media, we're able to put out that content. And yeah. we're going to touch on that and, and dive into like the media game. But for those who don't know you, you are from the region. Yep. And you say I bring that taste with home. Who is Coach Adam Short for those who don't know? You know, Coach Adam Short is, uh, you know, he's a product of the region, you know, product of Cherville, Indiana, uh, born and raised. You know, like my family is actually from Hammond, Indiana, man. So I'm uh, I'm region through and through. My dad worked at Inland, at Inland Steel for 41 years. So, you know, uh, I'm a product of the steel, steel mill environment. Um, I went to Lake Central High School, uh, played basketball there. And then I played two years at Juliet Junior College, played for a Hall of Fame coach, uh, was national runner-up my sophomore year. And then I finished out at an NAI division one program, you know, for all you guys that have, you know, division one or bust, you know, you know, mentality. I went, you know, played at a big time league out there, a thousand point score in two years, coach. I, you know, I could, I could fill that thing up. You gave you know, buckets. Could, yeah. Yeah. I, Cause I worked on my game every single day, you know, okay. a lot of kids don't work on their game every single day. I worked on my game every single day. Uh, shout out to Omni 41. Like, you know, pretty much every Hooper that's ever, Hooped in the region has gone to Omni 41 every once in a while. So I actually lived across the street from there. So, um, you know, and then finished up my playing career um, at Avila in Kansas City and then was the GA at Avila. And that's how I got hooked up with MoCamp. Um, arguably the greatest, you know, the the best AU organization in the country right now. You know, you know, producing guys like Trey Young, Mike Porter. And besides those guys, I mean, there's been, you know, 60 or 70 Division One players. Um, you know, and then I've – I've been at three different junior college stops, Cali College and the Jayhawk. Uh, worked for a great guy by the name of Tommy DeSomme. That was at Missouri State West Plains uh, for one year. Worked for Yancey Walker, great friend of mine still. Then I've was at. Then i been at State Fair for five years. Uh, for two years, I've worked for uh, Coach Kevin Thomas. And then now for the last three years, I've worked for Matt Brown, former Division I guy, Richmond, West Virginia, with Kevin Pitsnoggle and them. Um, you know, so we're just trying to, you know, trying to make it happen, man. What got you into basketball? Like, who shaped your career to just still stick with the game once you were done playing? You, you know, man, to, you know, no one's ever asked me that before. Um, I just think, you know, I think it's one of those things where it was an identity. You know, that's, that's all I knew. And, you know, like, when I got done with it, I wanted to get a master's degree and stuff. And I wanted to, you know, obviously, like, what's the best way to pay for it, to, you know, to be a GA? Um, you know, but looking back at it now, you know, like why I wanted to get into coaching is because I wanted to be 
I want to be a mentor for these guys, a mentor that I needed when I was their age. You know what I'm saying? Because, you know, I think a lot of kids are not directed the right way. You know, like Absolutely. they don't have somebody that they can bounce things off of, you know, or like there's a lot of kids that aren't told the truth. And, you know, if I can, you know, provide some, you know, some, some guidance and, you know, some mentorship and, and a lot of tell these kids the truth, you know, then, you know, I'm doing, I'm doing my job. Why do you think kids do not go to the small schools and they pick these big universities? For example, I'm from the region and I believe that kids from the region should go where you're loved, but we get so much notoriety within the region. They give us a false reality. Yeah. Like I can only speak for myself and I've seen others, but I went to DePaul university, which yeah. I still believe that I could have had a successful four years there, but yeah. I tore my ACL my freshman year. Oliver Purnell wasn't sure how fast mm-hmm. that I was going to recover. So he brings in a Chicago hometown kid who's from um, inner city and he played in the big 10 at uh, Illinois yep. brings him in, in my position. Now, it's tough for me to play over a hometown kid. So I ended up going to Juco yep. with Brendan Foley and Patrick Blake had yep. a successful year there and then went to Moorhead. And I'm like, wow, us region kids were always successful at the mid majors. Why do you think yeah. the region kids pass up the s- small universities? Misinformed. Majors at that? Misinformed. You know, like I think about it, like when I was 17, 18, like I couldn't name you one, program in the Ohio Valley you know like if you if you ask a kid at Gary Bowman right now hey what are what are the teams in the Southland they probably couldn't tell you you know but if you ask them every team in the ACC they'll be able to tell you or you know like you ask somebody hey like you know what's you know um what league is Texas Southern in they wouldn't know you know right so I I think I think kids are misinformed and again like I think that goes back to you know, us as mentors, you know, that provide that information. Or, right. you know, also too, like, you know, um, Division two programs, you know, like really good Division two programs or really good NEI programs. I just don't – I don't think there's made enough emphasis on it. And when you're a young kid, Coach, like you don't know what you don't know. You know? Absolutely. You don't know what you don't know. So, you know, it – you know, I think kids need to be schooled a little bit more and, you know, it's our job. Absolutely. And me going through like that JUCO process. I mean, I went yeah. to Chipola. I don't know if you've yep. been to Chipola personally, but there's only three, four restaurants there. And yeah. it's only, I remember Zaxby's Pizza Hut, Waffle House, McDonald's, and you have mm-hmm. school and then you have who, yep. but those JUCO rules are different. Yeah. People don't know. Like I, I was that kid that was, I played in the big East. So how he's going to tell me, but I'm like, we're all in this same boat now. Yeah. It's 12 of us competing for a Division One scholarship now. Yep. So now I have to show you why I was in the Big East. How is it for you to, like, just coach that JUCO level and get these kids to where they need to be? You know, we've um, – that's a good question. Like, we've we've had a lot of success. In the last three years, we've sent 12 kids to Division One, And I think here in the next few days, like, we're going to have maybe two or three more. So so potentially 15 in three years. And, like, that's a lot. You know, that's – that's up there with the Chipolas and Northwest Floras right. and stuff. We've done a really good job. Like, you know this because, like, you've been at that level, man. It is uh, – it will it will take your soul if you allow it. I mean, right. it will – you know, it's – you know, it's so much more mentally than what it is physically at this level because 
we recruit all 12 guys telling them the same thing. You come to State Fair, you know, you're going to get exposure to, to the Division One level, you know. Right. And, you know, that's the truth. Like, they, they get their exposure, but, you know, it can either be bad or good. And, you know, like it's a very unique level to where your success depends on your teammates. Because the more you win, the more everybody eats. You Absolutely. Know? More than everybody eats. Jerry. And the guy, the guy that I think does one of the best jobs in the country is Coach Hank at Indian Hills. And he gets some dudes to, to buy in to winning. And, you know, and I think kids are caught up in numbers. Oh, man, if I score 25 points a game opposed to scoring five, Coach, you're crazy. Five points a game, like, that ain't going to get me nowhere. But he does a great job of guys that average six, seven points. They're going mid-major programs. So, you know, I, you just got to continue to get these kids to buy into to the team concept. And winning solves a lot of things. Absolutely. And, and you've been around EYBL. I've been yep. very fortunate to participate in the first EYBL with yep. Speed Cindy Heat. And Jared Quarles put this team together, and we had the best eight to nine players in the state. Yep. And I knew the talent that was on that roster. So it was like, how can I make the team better, find that gap within the team? It was guarding the best player, crashing, setting the best screens, diving on the floor, taking the charges, because I knew that if the Roy Williams of the world and the best uh, mid-majors of the world are coming to watch our games, they're going to watch this kid just get every rebound. Yep. And I took pride in that. And that's the yep. same player I am at the next level, um, Adam, because when I went to North Macedonia to play, to really respect the league, they wanted to know – if I can guard the one through five, mm-hmm. can I hedge? Can I come in in the middle of season and not disrupt the offense? Mm-hmm. And a lot of kids don't understand what that means, meaning like, can I still do their offense but not interrupt it and still make players around me better? So I think kids are uninformed. Can you speak about how mentor mentorship is for you at the JUCO level because it's not so much what's on the court, but it's off the court, because a lot of kids are dealing with mental health. Well, you know, it's, um, you know, a, a big thing, too. And, like, you you can speak on this, too, because, like, you yeah. have, you know, you play at, uh, at the Big East, then you went to the junior college, and then you play in the Ohio Valley. You know, I think the biggest thing, you know, because, like, we recruit guys that, that can obviously play. You know, right. like, we can recruit guys that are, that are Division One talent. The biggest thing that I try to mentor our guys is, and not only with uh, State Fair, but with MoCan too as well, is that like you have to handle your business off the floor. You know, like you got to be able to manage your time. Um, I use the one kid that we had who uh, who came to us for a year, and I was at Akron, Lapeer Tolls. And, you know, practice would be at 2 o'clock. He'd get there at 12.50. You know, he'd change, he'd stretch, have a stretching routine for 15 minutes, get in there, get set shots. You know, and then and then start working out, getting a full sweat, and then practice for two hours. You know, so it's it's really trying to get these guys to to handle their business, time management, showing up on time, not five minutes before, not ten minutes before, forty five minutes before, because you know, at the next level, that stuff matters. You know, absolutely. That's and we get matters. older. We get yeah. older. I mean, our bodies. Like I'm 26. I mean, that's still young, but I can't just go on the court like I no. used to. No. Now, now because I make money playing this game, and if my body is not used to going 80 miles per hour like it is now, like my routine yep. when I get back on the court is a slow process. Yep. Because I've been sitting down for three months. 
Yep. That process of coming to the gym hour or hour 30 early so you can have a great practice, you'll notice a difference in your game. Yeah. But I think a lot of kids get confused because of the consistency. If my guy is not doing that, that's going to throw me off. Mm-hmm. And those conversations has to be had like daily. That's what I've noticed like with my guys and I see them come from this area. I'm like, hey, you got to be in the gym early. Yeah. It's game day, but you got to make sure you're warm so you can be ready. Can you talk about that, those JUCO rivalry games? Because it's nothing like those JUCO rivalry games. No, I mean, it's – uh. You know, right now, you know, I have the I have the utmost respect for uh, Coach Pat Smith at Morbley. I mean, he's a he's a Hall of Famer, and he just you know, he gets those guys to play so hard. And you know, that's the team that's won the region the last two years in a row. So that is that's the team to beat. Um, but I mean, like there, it, it's just the junior college level is so pure, it's so raw, you know. And guys are literally fighting for scholarships. Like them dudes, you know, State Fair, Morbley State Fair, Mineral, like. Like, those guys are literally fighting for their futures, you know. And, I mean, like, you'll never see guys play harder, you know, than you will like, at junior college games. And I don't think enough people have gone to a junior college game no. to really know what it's like. No. no I would play, we played against Northwest Florida. That was one of our rivalries. And I'm like, up mm-hmm. in Chipola, and HM was really nice. It was like a Division One, And I don't think yeah. most people know how these – JUCO schools have Division One facilities. Yeah. Panama Beach. Panama, I think that was the JUCO that we went to that was up the road compared to us in Chipola. And it's like, you guys living nice. Because I thought JUCO was hell when I went. Like, coming from the Big East, private planes, foods there. And then I had to rebrand myself. And, and Coach, I want you to talk about how important academics are outside of just on the court, but it can set you up for after basketball. Well, like, you know, I want kids to really, really understand that, that like with the whole transfer rule pending here, you know, in a few weeks. And I mean, like you got to think about it. Like you are, you know, if everybody's trying to go to division one, like you have high school kids, you have division two transfers now, which like a lot of really good division two kids, they're having a good freshman year, good sophomore year coach. They're bouncing. Because, you know, like they have, you know, Division One you know, aspirations too. You have prep kids. Then you have JUCO kids. Then you have Division One transfers. So think about how many kids you are competing up against. And, you know, like there's a filter. Like it's, you know, hey, you know, like we might have a list of five kids. And, you know, like you get checked off if, if your grades aren't good. You know, for right. a lot of kids, like they probably don't realize this, but you need um, – like even if you're a freshman qualifier – you need 24 hours past the 2-5. If you're a two-year junior college kid, then you need 64 hours past with a 2.5 GPA. And, like, that could literally be the separator. That could literally be the separator to where, hey, like, we're going to take, you know, Jimmy or Bob. You know what? Absolutely. You know, Jimmy's grades, like, Jimmy might have to take classes in the summer or Bob is done at the end of May. We're going to take Bob. And Jimmy might be better. Jimmy might be more talented, more upside, but, you know, people, it's a business. And like, you know this, like people can't, yeah. they can't mess around with grades. No, you can't. I take it for me coming out of Bowman, they were hard on me to go to class because if I didn't mm-hmm. go to class, Adam, I would embarrass my family, Yep. the school of Bowman. And he's just someone from Gary that just couldn't get into division one straight off the rip. Yep. So the NCAA 
took until after I graduated and I was at DePaul until that fall semester, they didn't clear me until September. And I knew it was because of my grades. I was, I was on a borderline. And so then I got to DePaul, tore my ACL. Olive Purnell and I were just on two separate pages. Yep. And I will say this on record. So DePaul gave me classes that wasn't transferable. And, and so it's like that at some universities, not all, but that's the importance of academics because if you're more of a player that shut up and dribble, you're just focused solely on hoop. But if yeah. you're trying to transfer and you're not doing good on the hoop side, you're kind of screwed. Yeah. So that was my deal where I had to go to JUCO. Yep. But JUCO gave me that option where it was like, hey, kid, if you don't get your shit together, either going to Division two, yep. Division one is slim, or you better get your academics, rebrand yourself so you can get coached by Coach Woods. Mm-hmm. when I was at Moorhead State. And that was an eye-opener for me in terms of why I need to emphasize why academics is important. Because if hoop doesn't work, you get a scholarship for your academics. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, so that's that's where I was at. Can you talk about how you're able to recruit now? Is the JUCO community hurting now because the SAT has been waived just a little bit? No. Um, we we like to recruit older kids. Okay. Older, you know, Division One transfers, um, prep kids, Division Two transfers, JUCO transfers. So not really. Um, you know, it hasn't really affected us. And you know, like there's there's plenty of teams that recruit all freshmen, and they go to Hutch. You know, so like there's plenty of ways to skin the cat. So you know, like right. like our way is not necessarily the best. Um, but but no, like we we have a really good niche. Um, okay of the guys that we recruit and stuff. So we're, you know, we're after a few division one transfers. Now that we're hoping a few more prep kids, um, we could potentially have six returners coming back. Wow. this year, And like a group that I love because you know, the best teams are the player led teams. Absolutely. And like these are guys that, that are older, more mature. They can set the tone, you know, like they know how to work or, you know, um, a few of them could get some division one, you know, scholarships here in a week or so. So we could have, three we could have six we could you know have have two um you know so it's just you know older guys really really works for us how was it for you you know in these last segments when you received that the top 50 most impactful coaches no Uh, order but but the the recognition of your grind and the the courtesy you put in and, and you love what you do it went unnoticed how was that feeling for you no, it was good. You know, it was good. Um, you know, it's something that God, you know, has, you know, kind of has told me what to do, you know, Hey man, you know, go impact, you know, younger people, you know, through the game of basketball. So it was nice, man. It was nice. Cause I try to, you know, I try to work, you know, I try to work. I think, uh, I think the one of the best compliments you can have is obviously the relationship that you have with your players after they're on and, you know, I still talk to every single player that I've coached. I still talk to them. Um, you know, and like I, like I was talking to a kid, uh, Tim Level from from Marion, Indiana, uh, yesterday, just just laughing. You know, you know, like just laughing about old memories. Um, but no, it was nice, man, because you know, try to work and we're, and you know, State Bears at a place now where you know it's nationally known. Um, you know, and we're just trying to you know continue that and you know and 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 sell the brand. 
as a, as a coach, how important is it for you to even connect with that kid? Because I've been through your Twitter. I'm like, okay, you hip to the culture in terms of Master P, you know, when he was a go up. Yeah. And, um, you know, Little Wayne, just being able as a coach, I don't think new coaches understand the importance of relating to the kids nowadays. It's different. You know, it's, uh, you know, like, like you got to be professional. Like, I think right. like, it's a very, very fine line of, you know, of, you know, are you going to be too buddy-buddy with the kid or are you going to be too professional to where you don't have a relationship, you know, um, you know, with the kid? I just, you know, I feel like from the from the area that we're from, you right. know, I've, I mean, I, you know, I'm a white kid from the suburbs, man. You know right. what I'm saying? But, you know, just, you know, you know, hanging out with who I hung out with growing up and, you know, just, you know, I but, you know, being able to relate to the kids with hip hop and, and all that stuff, but, I think the best way for you to develop a relationship with the kids is to be 100% honest with them. Good, bad, or ugly. Because I think enough, and you know how it is, like I think a lot of times, like you've been through this, like you've been lied to so many times or people are just, you know, not consistent. But man, if you can be consistent to people and you can tell kids the truth and they know that you can always, like they can always depend on you, that's how you build a relationship for, for life. Sean Woods chewed my ass out when he told me I'm going to coach you the hardest you ever been coached mm-hmm. before. I know your family. You have no idea that I know your family, but you're going to come here and I'm going to coach you very hard. And he did that. And he was so straightforward. My senior year, he stripped me from uh, being a team captain because he didn't like my attitude. And he said, if you say something else to my assistant coaches or any of your teammates, I'm going to just send your ass back to Gary. And that's how straightforward he was. And, and I always mention back to him because you're not going to get coached by your college coach nowhere else uh, ever. If, you, if you're playing professionally, it's business. If you're not playing to the level they want you to play, you're done. Yeah. And, yeah. and now you have to result back to, like, what else am I good at outside the game as I wait for this next call? Now yeah. it's a, really a business. So that's why I wanted to ask you, like, why – you know, having that relationship with your players is so important, especially in today's era. Um, talk about the last dance. I was on your Facebook. Why do you think Isaiah Thomas was not on that 92 dream team? You know, I think, you know, and, you know, I'm a big, I'm a big Bob Knight guy. You know, I'm an Indiana boy. I grew up Indiana basketball, you know, so, you know, you know, Indi- uh, Isaiah Thomas can straight out play. Um, cold-blooded. You know, I tell my little brother-in-law that, you know, because like he's starting to get into basketball, starting to, you know, read up and pay attention to stuff. I mean, a lot of people don't know if Isaiah Thomas does not hurt that ankle, they went three in a row before Jordan, you know, because like they were all in Los Angeles game six, he rolls that ankle, he's done. You know, I think, um, you know, when, when Magic had got AIDS, you know, I think Isaiah was kind of, saying some things and I think he pissed off magic. I think he pissed off bird. And then I think he ultimately pissed off. He ultimately like just burned bridges. Yeah. Ultimately. Because like, I think he, I think he has such a big chip on his shoulder and like that's what makes him great that, that, that he couldn't turn it off. And like, you've been around some guys that just yeah. like, absolutely they're, they're dudes, but their chip is so big that they just, they, I think it's the point guards. Yeah. I, I, I always think it's the point guards because the point guards yeah. are obviously they're not the biggest, and they have so much responsibility and they just want to go out and be the most dominant guy yeah. on the court, but they're not big enough. 
So when I was watching it, I'm like, Larry Bird was pissed at him. Jordan was pissed at him. So you're pissing off the people who was kind of like running the league. Yeah. Uh, How was it when you saw Jordan in person? I think you said you saw him 12 times in person. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, you know, and and like we had the nosebleed, you know, seats and everything. But uh, I mean, it was just, you know, like growing up, man, like in Northwest Indiana, like I'm, you know, I'm, I'm about, I'm about to be 33. So I'm older than you. Um, but like, like we were all like hit to what was going on, Absolutely. you know, like, it was, you know, like a lot of people and I always make jokes, like, like, man, like I remember uh, McDonald's was serving the beef Wennington sandwich, you know, for Bill Wennington, man, you know, and like, and like that was exclusive to the Chicagoland area. Um, but nah, man, it is, you know, I was, I was younger and I wish I would have took, you know, it more in because I mean, like you're seeing something that you're never going to see ever again. You know, it's, uh, you know, it was, uh, you know, it was, dope. It, it was a beautiful thing, man. It was dope. I'm, I, I wish like the, the seeing the whole last dance and, and I was born in 93 mm-hmm. and to watch Jordan be human off the floor. Cause he was just doing human things, but the media held him yeah. to this expectations where he was more than just Michael Jordan. So I just thought it was really dope just to see that now and experiencing that last question, who was the person or the people in your life that shaped you to be the man you are today? Who would you give that credit to? Oh man. Um, true. Like my parents, you know, uh, you know, like my parents, I think it's always easy, uh, you know, for people to, um, you know, like, like to credit a coach. I, and like, I had great coach, like, like I had mentors and, and stuff, but Absolutely. I don't think enough people give, you know, like give their credit to, to their parents, you know, um, I had old school parents where, you know, everything was my fault, you know, like accountability. And I think a lot of it, a, a problem with today's society is that not enough kids are taught accountability at home, you know, um, you know, so 100% my parents, um, you know, so I'm very, very fortunate to, you know, to have them in, uh, in my life, man. Super. Adam, man, I appreciate you just coming on a podcast and just sharing your journey and insight, bro, and just having a real-life conversation, two region kids from Northwest Indiana, just chopping it up, and thank you again. Well, no, and, you know, it's – I'm glad you're doing this, man, because there's greatness, you know, like where we're from. You know, there's there's greatness. I mean, like, if you look at guys at the top of their, you know, fields, I mean, you know, Michael Jackson – you know, Greg Popovich, you know, there, there, there's absolutely. G-Rod, right. You know, G Rod was the first one to have what a hundred thousand rookie deal. Yeah. I mean, a hundred million. I'm yeah. sorry. Yeah. You know, it's just like, you know, I think it's nice, you know, cause obviously Kansas city's home to me and like nothing against Kansas city, but absolutely ask where I'm from. And I say Northwest Indiana. Oh man, Gary, you know, Hammy, Oh, East Chicago. Like, I know where that's at. If you ask anybody in Northwest Indiana, where, you know, Overland Park is in Kansas City, they're not going to know. You know what I'm saying? Absolutely. So it's, um, you know, I'm very proud just like you where we're from. And, you know, I hope, um, I don't know if any region kids will listen to this, but I hope a lot of high school coaches do in the region, you know, like, like if they have any questions or, or, or help, you know, I know I'm not around a lot, man, but I want to help out the region, you know. Absolutely. More. And I'll have your contact information yes. here too in the, yeah. in the description, your Instagram and, and Facebook. And yeah. I mean, Twitter, I don't think yeah. you're on Instagram, but nah, you're on Twitter nah. and Facebook. So yep. I appreciate it again, bro. Thank you. Yep.
Yep. Thank you, man. God bless you, brother. All right. What's good, guys? We are back. Hope you all enjoyed this conversation with Coach Short and myself. Many blessings to Coach Short. I truly do appreciate him coming on the podcast to share his knowledge and wisdom for the game of basketball. I will have his social media in the episode description. You guys, do not forget to hit subscribe and leave a review. Stay tuned for next Thursday.